Till the tears run down from my eyes Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This is the podcast for, this is a handful, a military tribute at the Greenbrier. That's right, the formerly known Greenbrier Classic, presented by 18 Birdies. Let's get to it. What's up, Golf Addicts? DB here. Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast for the Greenbrier. We appreciate you listening. As always, we're presented by 18 Birdies, the best golf app in the business. By the way, they just added a brand new feature where you can now keep up with your own strokes gained data for your actual golf game. It's pretty freaking cool. It's the only place I know where you can actually do that and not be professional on the PGA Tour. So you want to check that out. And if you download the app, you can download it and enter in promo code Tour Junkies, all one word, promo code Tour Junkies, and you get one free year of premium access, but the strokes gained access is free all the time. It's pretty amazing. Pat and I are going to recap the Quicken Loans National. We're going to talk about the rules issue. I'm going to tell you a funny story from a caddy that shared with me uh, this uh, just today. It was pretty funny after yesterday's debacle and rules issue. You're going to want to hear that. We're going to talk about the most hateful iTunes review ever left on the Tour Junkies page and you'll probably be shocked as to what it said. I know I sure was. Pat, on the other hand, well, actually, he was shocked, too. So there you go. Uh, and we're going to, of course, break down the green bar. We get pretty in-depth here. A lot of interesting calls, not all the agreement that we've been having. We're going to talk some strategy, and we're going to have a good time. So thanks again for downloading. May your screens be green. And don't forget, little announcement about next week's podcast you're going to want to catch, as well as our TaylorMade driver winner. So there you go. Have a good week. going on everyone happy fourth of july week independence day america's freedom bought for you over a couple hundred years ago i believe um and we're here celebrating the freedom to gamble on professional golfers that's right it's the tour junkies podcast david barnett here i got pat perry with me what up p what's up How's it going? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I love Fourth of July week. Just a just a great week to celebrate America. Mm, yes, America. Boom to you, America. Boom to you. Yes. As you raise your 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 glasses and your beers, celebrating with your family, give it a good old boom to America this Wednesday as you're celebrating. I think that'd be, I think that'd be appropriate. You know, I would cool. love to see that from the listeners and anybody who follows us on Twitter and maybe Instagram. Give, yeah. us, give us your best boom tweets and pictures on July 4th on Independence Day. I, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see, I do how, think that I'd like to fun. see how the, the, the TJ fans are celebrating their Independence Day with whatever it is. You know, maybe they're not drinkers. Maybe they have a nice cold glass of milk. And they just want to say bone to them. <laughs> what are they, a kitten? <laughs> uh, a gly- I think I'll have a glass of milk before I go to bed. Um, well, yeah, I think that's a good idea. We should do that. We should, if, you're, if you're 
celebrating, uh, which most of you probably are. If you're not, you're probably a terrorist. And if you're listening to us and you're a terrorist, F off, terrorist. Um, so if you're celebrating, go ahead and tag hashtag BOME, B-O-M-E, and tag the tour junkie. Show us what you got. Well, would really, I would really love to see some actual like toasts done, like a video. Like get, get, get somebody to video you toasting to America's independence with a big old BOME. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be cool, too. And we'll retweet we and share. We have some creative and, listeners, too. Yeah. Yeah. And don't make us give you something to do this. this is, I, get, I get tired of having to give crap away to get people to do stuff, you know? Like, actually do it, okay? Just do it. Um, hey, Pat, we need to talk about the Quicken Loans recap real quick, dude. It was a heck of a week. A lot going on. Francesco Molinari, Italian Bill Haas, takes it down, gets his tour card. This is the reason why he he played a U.S. event in a weak field. He needed to lock up the tour card. He needed the FedEx points. He 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 didn't play in the European Tour event. You know, losing some Ryder Cup points over there, but comes out and does exactly what you set out to do. Props to Francesco Molinari and props to to us for the third week in a row we have given you the one and done winner we talked about it last week that two in a row was crazy and that you know we should all take cover because lightning striking me and pat are on a heater for one and done we gave you brooks kepka for the u.s open then pat gave you bubba watson last week or the week before and then i gave you francesco monari and we got us a race here now pat like me and you are actually doing something in, in guff's corners one and done I won this, the the Roto Grinder Sirius XM radio show one and done challenge for the year. It's we've been we've been on a heater, total heater. It's been nice. And what about a, what a great comeback for you with uh, you know Jay, Justin Van Zuden was leading just the entire year, and you yes. just you just came back and just with a vengeance put it on him. So yeah, we got to keep yeah. we got a little pressure on us now. I mean, usually we're we're just sort of like oh crap, we got the one and yeah. done, we forgot it, whatever. Now, we we've got you know we've done well. We need to keep it going. So so let's not let's not gloss over that near the end of the show. We had a pretty good week, man. We had six guys that finished in the top ten. We had thirteen in the top twenty five. We we had some good players, man. We were all over Ryan Armour, Brian Gay. Uh, we we said Billy Horschel would have a good week. We said CT Pan would bounce back. Um, we obviously had Molinari. We had some good players, man. We had some really good players, so it was uh, it was a fun week. Um, I had a pretty good week. It could have been uh, – Sunday really screwed me over. I mean, it was one of those weeks where so many people got 6-6 six of six through, it just wasn't worth looking at your screen until later. So I actually avoided looking at DraftKings altogether Saturday. And then Sunday, I was I was I looked in the morning to start off, and things were looking real nice over on Fantasy Draft. I was winning the tour card. Sunday looked great over on DraftKings. I was like in second place in the three max twenty dollar entry contest, and and then just ugh, I think uh, who was it that kind of messed it up for me? Joel Damon? Kind of messed it up for me. I had Damon in that lineup. He had a rough Sunday, um, but anyway, it was still a pretty profitable week for yours truly. I had a good week. I did not. Well, you know, I, I didn't have a very good week on DraftKings, but for the second week week in a row, I won uh, a two-win bet on Bookmaker. So Yeah, you I hit Francesco little, on Bookmaker. I put a little some pennies on him. I liked him at 20-1, to 1, great odds. So that's, uh, that's two in a row for me. So that ended up making the week profitable. That's good stuff, man. The chalk bomb, 
Eh. Mm. Joaquin Neiman, I think he finished like 17th or something. It's kind of a meh chalk bomb. We, we've kind of been on a roll with the chalk bomb, too. I mean, I don't think if you faded Neiman, you didn't lose because you faded Neiman. You know, you definitely didn't lose. I mean, the guy being as expensive as he was, higher owned, you know, finishing T17, yeah, you didn't lose. It didn't like help you out as much as some of the the last couple fades have, but you didn't lose. But definitely other good content in the Chalk Bomb, including the breakdown that Ben is doing every week on Vegas odds and what Vegas is telling you about who to play and who not to play in DFS. Very interesting content there. It's all for free, and you can get it by going to tourjunkies.com. Go to the contact page. Fill out the contact form. Just say, yo, give me the chalk bomb. And then uh, what's going to happen is when you hit submit, you're going to get an email right back at you in your inbox. You're going to need to open that email and opt in. you got to opt in or you're not going to get it. I feel like people have picked up on that now, Pat, because when, when we first started doing they've, this. They've given up on asking us for it. Yes, yeah. because <laughs> so. when we first started this, man, people were asking us. The same people every week were not getting it. So you guys must be subscribing. Good stuff. Um, we're, it's really good content, and uh, it's free, and it's the best Wednesday night DFS content, I'm convinced, in the biz. And uh, it's it's what you need to do before you make your lineups on Wednesday, that's for sure. Mm. The last little bit of drama we had this week, Pat, was uh, Joel Damon and uh, Sung Kang's rules dispute. Uh, late drama. Uh, that was late drama. Late drama on Sunday. Uh, Sung Kang with uh, arguably improper drop on a par five on number ten on Sunday, and uh, Joel uh, Joel's caddy Gino is a pretty good friend of ours. He's been on the podcast before. He's absolutely hilarious. He, uh, yeah, he, he's Joel. Joel fired off a tweet last night, and uh, it's it's caught a lot of folks' attention. Funny story. I'll tell you a little inside story here. Um, I was talking to Gino today, actually, and we had already talked about the whole rules thing. And I'm not going to comment further on that. But um, he he literally today he's driving out of town to his next spot and he's like hungry as all get out he's like i'm just gonna go to this freaking podunk mcdonald's on the side of the road he pulls over and he, the the line in the drive through is really long so he's like i'm just gonna go in he gets in line doesn't even pay attention who's in front of him in line but sung kang's caddy no <laughs> yes no, you're in this podunk middle of nowhere mcdonald's and <laughs> you got, he like turns around he looks at gino he's like How's it going, Gino? And he's like, pretty good, man. You? And he's like, yep. And he said he just awkwardly stared at him. And Gino said he was the most uncomfortable trip to McDonald's he's ever taken. <laughs> <laughs> Sun Kang's caddy apparently is an American. He's not. So I, that was the first thing I asked Gino. I was like, does he? Did he? Does he? You know? Does he speak English? Is he Korean? Is he Asian? Like, what is he? And I uh, said, nice American. And uh, they hadn't been together long, but I, I'm sure there may have been some tension yesterday um, with the rules issue. But then Gino walks right by them in McDonald's. <laughs> that's hilarious. That is, I feel like that's something that would happen to Gino. I'm like, dude, Kanger finishes second third. and third or whatever, and, and his caddy's eating McDonald's on the way home? What? WTF? Like, that'd be. I'd be finding a new bag, man. <laughs> maybe, I don't even understand. You know, maybe he wanted some McDonald's. He was craving a Big Mac. That was pretty funny. Um, all right, Pat. It's a big moment in the show right now. We have to announce the winner 
of our tailor-made driver contest. It's been going on for a couple months now. For those of you who set up my bookie and bookmaker accounts, you've all been thrown into the mix, okay? You've all been thrown into the mix. We've verified who's made deposits and who hasn't. We appreciate you guys' support. We appreciate you guys enduring the ads for the last couple of months for those uh, for those two companies. And now we have to announce the winner of a brand spanking new. We're, we need to get in touch with you. So if you are the person who we're about to draw out of here, you, you have to get in touch with us, okay? We need your your. We need to know the flex that you need in your driver. If you're a Pat Flex or a DB Flex, and we need to know the loft that you want. And we're going to send you a brand new tailor made in the shrink wrap driver. Okay, Pat, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Can you give, can you give me a drum roll? And the winner. You want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah. The drum roll stays forever. And the winner of the 2018 Tour Junkier Tour. Okay, start over. Scratch that. Start again. Jeez. All right. <laughs> you ready? Can you do this? Yep. Okay. Yep. And the winner of the 2018 Tour Junkies Taylor May Driver Giveaway is Mike Beatty. Beatty. Email UF Mullet. Whoa, wait a second. U- wait one minute. Yo, yo, yo. Wait a second. Now, does that UF stand for University of Florida? Dude. If we are giving out something else to another Gator fan, I swear to God, we need to <laughs> redo this whole thing. <laughs> Is that what I'm, that means? And actually, now that I look at it, I'm pretty sure this is Gator Mike, the the infamous Gator Mike on Twitter. Good God, I don't understand this. Okay. All right, you're, uh, Gator Mike, you're going to be getting the tailor-made uh, burner bubble from 2004. Yeah, great, so go. great, good. Yeah, good, good for you, for Gator good Mike. for you. And we're not gonna get. You're not gonna get to pick your flex and loft and all that stuff. We're I'm charging. I'm charging you for the shipping and the shipping. <laughs> yeah. And basically, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to the nearest Goodwill and find the first tailor-made burner bubble that we can get, and we're sending that to you. Go dogs. How do these gate? I don't understand. Okay. Well, good either. for Mike though. He signed up and did what he had to do. So I guess. So uh, thanks for everybody who. And if Mike doesn't claim his prize by like Thursday, lineup lock, we'll draw somebody else. Um. Because, look, I mean, if you've gone this far and you don't listen to the freaking show, that, that's on you. You know? That's on you. We'll see if Mike actually listens to the show. That's what we'll learn. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start. I got to. Somebody needs to tell me a podcast that some Gator fans started because I'm going to start listening to that podcast so I can win <laughs> some stuff. Jeez. Uh, you think the karma is going to rub off on you? I don't know. This is. Uh, now, Pat, you didn't know I was going to do this next part, but I, I've, I'm going to do this. Uh, we have a scathing iTunes review that I want to share with everyone. Oh, Absolutely sweet. scathing. Okay. And um, I found this last week and I was going to tweet about it. And I was like, no, I'm just going to share it on the show. Uh, it's quite, it's quite hilarious. Um, we have, we have, let's see. I'm we sure have six, since you are reading it, that it's more scathing towards me than it is towards you. All right. We'll see what you say. We'll see what you think. All right. We have 692 iTunes ratings on our podcast. We are a five-star average rating, okay? This gentleman on May 29th left us a one-star review. 
his screen name on iTunes was four F O R E. I see what he did there. Four Lord Four, the number four. Okay. Um. And 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 th- he he is not happy with our show. That's what I'll say. <laughs> All right. This is what he says. <clears throat> Drum roll. No. <laughs> Uh, if you listen to this podcast, please be prepared to hear a lot of ads about 18 birdies, some dumb cigar company, Roto Grinders, and many others. The show has been extremely watered down since Pat and David moved to Roto Grinders. I still enjoy Pat's content, but David offers, all caps, zilch. I enjoyed the podcast two years ago when these guys were by themselves and not watered down by industry hand grabs. They constantly promote subscriptions to Fanshare and Fantasy National, where the average DFS player cannot afford to pay for all these other subscriptions that the pros do. I honestly don't even believe that David plays DFS every week. (laughs) His picks are not influential, and I doubt he has made any profit in DFS. Pat is the man and is doing everything he can to keep this podcast afloat. (laughs) I like this guy. I like this guy. This is is my favorite review we've ever gotten. I thought you would like that. I thought you would like that. <laughs> is that it? Come, come on, t- there's it. more. There's got to be more. What do you more. mean, is that it? Are you freaking kidding me? We're like six sentences. Everybody else. Jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. He's, he's got a point. Who's <laughs> uh, made more money than you this year playing DFS, uh, buddy? It is. I will admit, you've had some. Uh,. Listen, just because we don't, like, screenshot every freaking week that we have playing DFS or, like, talk about all our winning, that, that, is, that, that is not what we're about. So, um, but I can tell you that I've been quite profitable playing PGA DFS ever since it started in 2015, as has Pat. Now, Pat hasn't been as profitable as me this year. Not this year. I've had my moments this year, but, yeah, yeah overall. Um, th- secondly. But, you know. I'll, again, let's let's go back to when we started. To this was something we started for fun that you and I enjoy doing. Um, if you're playing DFS on a weekly basis, it should start out being for fun. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, well, here, yeah, you want to be profitable, but here's my response to the whole uh i i enjoyed the podcast two years ago and these guys were by themselves and not watered down by industry hand grabs which cracks me up um okay um we don't even have to mention roto grinders on a podcast like they don't we don't get paid to mention roto grinders on a podcast not at all so that, that's let's let's get that straight because he, he wanted to throw in he wanted to throw some shade at roto grinders okay we do content for roto grinders we write articles we do surveys we do their chat room and we and and then they in turn publish our show on their channel so so we give them golf content they do not dictate our content they don't tell us what we can and can't say or who we can and can't advertise with it doesn't work that way so we are still very much by ourselves, as much by ourselves as we are as we were two years ago or three years ago. And you know, 
the constant promoting of subscriptions like Fanshare and Fantasy National where the average DFS player cannot afford. I'm like, I'm sorry, but the game has changed, dude. The game has changed. Two years ago, three years ago, the contests were so much smaller. The people who knew a thing about PGA DFS were very few and far between. And you could be a noob and get away with not having a lot of information at your disposal. You could be a noob and get away with only listening to one podcast or only reading one article and you would win some money. But it's now flooded with information. It's flooded with podcasts. It's flooded with articles. It's flooded with websites that give you all this data, all this inside info. The the game has changed. And if you don't have it, we would argue you are at a disadvantage. So... And we've used a lot of these tools, and we don't promote every tool that comes at us wanting us to promote them. But we, we do promote the ones that we think are the best, and we, the ones that we think are unique. And I mean, I'm sorry, but Fanshare Sports at like $10 a month, if you can't afford $10 a month for Fanshare Sports and the edge that it brings, if you're playing, in, if you're playing tournaments, then you shouldn't be playing in tournaments. You should be playing cash games or not at all. Is my opinion. Fantasy National is another one, and you can cancel at any time. You can play it whatever week you want to play, and it's a highly valuable tool that saves hours of research time. Fantasy National saves hours of research time if you were really wanting to get good at it, because there are so many people now that have all this information at their disposal that that you either get with it and get it, or you're going to get lapped week in and week out. Well, the game's changed. Yeah, it has, but I'll, I'll say this too. I mean, you don't have to have those subscriptions if you. I mean, you, listening to us, we're looking at a lot of that stuff, whether it's fan share later in the week when it when it comes to you know different things or fantasy national. Now, I mean, um, we're trying to use those, and, and we're mentioning, yeah, we do like using them and and whatever else, but we want to, you know, you can take what we tell you is being information that we're getting off these sites and, and whatever else. And so we're getting to trying to, we have to get the best information as we can possible, you know, to get it, to get it out to you. So um, you want these, these different sites like fantasy national that make it, you know, easier and, and better for us to be more, you know, to, to have better picks for you. So I think, you know, it's hard to, to me to get, you know, really, too grumpy about you know these sites and yeah we're going to mention them yeah. because they're giving they're helping us give you the best information we can possibly give and the at birdies app is free it costs you nothing and you literally hear about it in the first one minute of a usually 70 minute podcast you're kind of <laughs> like, bitter though david i i, I this guy th- this is I still this like is, this guy by the way i like him i'm sure you do i, I just People, the, the game is different. It's just different. And, and honestly, and again, like it kind of, it's kind of like, you know, if, like, how do you guys think we afford to send you guys tailor made drivers and send you all this swag that we literally, we do not make a lot of money on swag. We don't make any money on swag. We lose money on swag. And we send a bunch of free crap out all the time. Like, so, like, we work our butts off for this. Like, we work our butts off. And the more people that have gotten into it, the more competitive it's gotten, and the more we've stepped up our game, and the more we work at it. So, I mean, like, it, for us to, to give you an 18 birdie shout-out in the beginning of every show and to give you, at most, usually two ads in a 70-minute show, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we're, we turn down a lot of other ads, and we choose not to overcrowd our show. But I think that 
the first minute of 18 birdies and two ads in the middle somewhere at the most isn't too much for a 70-minute show. Hit the 15-second button and move on. Like, fast forward and move on. So, I don't know, man. This guy is a tool, and what, here's what I would ask now. I would ask for as many listeners who have never left us a podcast, an iTunes review, to go and leave us an iTunes review. Hopefully, it's a four or five star. No, wait. We, leave an honest review. Like I'm saying hopefully it is. No, I want an honest review. I'm just saying hopefully it is an honest review at four or five stars. That's what most of them are. So help cancel this knucklehead out, please. That would be great. That's all I have for four, Lord, four. Okay, so what else do we got? Do you want to do you want to read an ad? <laughs> you know what, Pat? I think we should. I think we should. I think we should read our last ad about Peter Millar, Pat. It's the last chance that these people can take advantage of a Peter Millar offer that includes free shipping and a free Peter Millar hat. And if you're a golfer, you know who Peter Millar is. It's a fantastic clothing line. It's classic. It's been around for forever. They're dependable. They're reliable. The quality's awesome. They're very stylish. And right now. You know, Pat, it is, it's warming up here in, in the AUG. I played golf on Saturday, and I played in my Peter Millar performance shorts. Have you worn your performance shorts yet? I wore them Saturday as well. We were, I guess we were being twins. I wore, actually, I went, I went combo. So I was in Hilton Head on Saturday, kind of a last-minute trip, and I went combo Peter Millar shirt and shorts. Ooh, like looking, you're sponsored. Just looking fantastic out there. Yeah. Dude. In all honesty, these shorts like there's just so much stretchy in them, and they're so like they're so like lightweight. I, you can swim in these shorts and play golf in these shorts, and like go to the co- the country club in these shorts if you're Pat, or go to you know I don't know go on a date and they're, they're just fantastic. They're moisture wicking, breathable, very quick drying. You know, just a little stretch in the waistband in case you drink. You know, you have a few extras. Um, so basically, anything you're doing, you can rock these things. And here's what I also love about them. Just like like some of the other clothes we've talked about on the show, you throw them in the washer, throw them in the dryer, pull them out, no need to iron, no nothing. You don't ever have to iron these shorts. They're just that easy. So you guys need to check them out. You can head on over to PeterMillar.com slash junkies to check out some of our favorite Peter Millar swag, including these shorts. Be sure to use the link, and you'll get the complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's Peter Millar. M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash tour junkies. PeterMillar.com slash tour junkies. And this is the last chance. This is the last week you can do it. Take advantage of the free shipping and the free hat. So there you go. PeterMillar.com slash tour junkies. That's Bum. my ad read for you, for Lord 4. Great job, now, by the way. You did really good with that read. You're welcome. Uh, Pat, do we have you any reads talk? like that for next week? <laughs> uh, no, we don't. And do you want to tell the listeners why you care? Well, here's why I care because you are not going to be on the show next week. You are on vacation. We've done- oh, I wonder if Four Lord Four is going to listen again. So if I'm if I'm not on the show, I, I don't know. Somebody somebody let him know that I'm not going to be here, and he can tune in next well, week. Well, you're gonna get you're gonna get that week off. You get you've done this, um, I guess, a couple years now, and so I'm going to have a guest host and actually i'm gonna be the the lead host for for once yikes that is so which is why i asked about the ad reads because i don't want anything too tough but you know what i may try to hone my skills into that let's let's we'll see what happens but um 
But our guest host is gonna be the Moose himself. Yes. From Fantasy National. We need a moose call. Do you have a moose call? Didn't we do this at the PGA Championship? Yeah, no, <laughs> we had, we'd have to get Mrs. Moose to do that. <laughs> oh, so maybe yeah, you could right. get her to do a recording of that, and we can like... I think it was something like that. Yeah, yeah, you can do... Get her to do like a recording of that, and then we can yes. like... You can edit it into the show or something at, at, at different times. Okay, all right. But anyway, Moose anyway. is going to be fun. I, you know, I'm sure we're going to be having a few drinks... We're going to try to hear, um, we're going to hear a lot about Fantasy National, but from a standpoint of the guy that actually developed it. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be cool stuff. And um, I'm excited yep. about it. I'm excited about it. It's going to be a fun show. Moose is hilarious. If you've never heard him on one of our shows, he's absolutely hilarious. He's going to be a great time. He knows his DFS. He's been doing this as long as we have. And uh, he's a smart, smart dude. Way smarter than me and Pat. And yeah, developed Fantasy National Golf Club. So he'll tell you a lot about some of the tools and some of the best ways to use it. And he will apply that to the John Deere Classic next week with Pat. And uh, definitely just come for the show because Pat hosting the show and like facilitating the whole thing is is definitely going to be comical. Now, of course, after all that, he's going to still have to send it to me on my vacation so I can edit it because he doesn't know how to do that. So there's a real I'll, possibility I'll still be involved. Too, that, that Moose and I could both just be asleep snoring by the end of the show. It's also true. Which could be yeah. fun. That's also true. All right, Pat, now to the, the DFS discussion at hand. Another UGLY. You ain't got no alibi field, you ugly tournament for the, what is this? This is the military tribute. At oh, yeah, the, that's right. At the Greenbrier in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. Beautiful area, beautiful course. If you've ever been to the Greenbrier, it is absolutely awesome. Uh, we are at the Old White TPC course. Um, playing just under 7,300 yards, another par 70 this week, and another classic layout that dates all the way back to the early 1900s. As you mentioned, another weak field. It's just not very good at all. But we're back up also. We're, let's just make it even weaker because we're going back up to 156 men. Um, you know, you got as far as looking at fairways and greens, both pretty easy fairways and greens to hit. They are bent grass surface as far as the bent uh, the greens and the fairways. One thing to note, we talked about this last year, but I'll, I'll note this again because I think it is important. The course was renovated after they had some serious flooding in 2016, which is why you don't have any course history from that year because they skipped it. Um, where that's when they put in the bent greens and the fairways, and they took out some fescue kind of around the greens and around the bunkers and thinned out some trees. I think the flooding thinned out some of the trees. But um, for the most part, though, the course remained pretty similar. I mean, the, the layout was about the same. I do think last year that the course, just with, with the planting of the bent grass and everything else, I don't think it just hadn't quite come in yet. So I think it's going to be a little bit different this year. I actually think it will play a little bit easier this year. Um, but we'll see. Um, you know, it's it's a course I think very similar to what we had at the Travelers uh, at TPC River Highlands just a couple weeks ago. Um, one of those courses where you got to hit it both ways off the tee. I think you can club down at some times just because it's not particularly long. Um, you got two par fives out here. Both are on the back nine. They play one five sixty eight and six hundred sixteen yards. So 
Obviously, that 568, you could probably go for into the 616 is going to be tough. I don't think you know, you don't really see a ton of eagles on this course, at least on the par fives. Uh, you got four par threes, three of them are over 200 yards, two playing 234 and 229, and then you got one at 177 yards. 12 par fours, five of those are playing 450 to 500, but five of those are also playing. Um, you know, pretty short. I mean, less than 415. So I think you're going to see a lot of wedges uh, into these greens. Um, that's something to take note, looking at your really good wedge players. Um, there's not a whole lot of hazards off the tee either, not a lot of water. Um, and when there is water, really doesn't come into play all that much. You know, I think, like I said, I do think scoring is going to be better this year. So drafting scoring is something I'm looking at. Uh, birdie or better percentage. Uh, also, strokes gained off the tee. And I'm always looking at course history and recent form. This is one of those courses, too, where I think you could get a guy that's going to win his first PGA event. So, you know, we have these guys that are knocking on the door lately, some of the newer players on tour. That might be something to look at. Might be a narrative um, for the for the course this week. Um, we have seen some first-time winners here in the past. Um, looking at past champs, you had last year Xander Schauffele. 2016 was canceled. 2015, Danny Lee. 2014, Angel Cabrera. David's boy, Jonas Blix in 2013 over Stephen Bowditch. Yes, our boy Baldo was second place in 2013. And then Ted Potter Jr. in 2012. So there you go. Quick course breakdown. We will talk about weather, I'm sure, later on in the week. Check our Twitter feed or in the Roto-Grinders premium chat room on Wednesday night. There you go. Yeah, man, good course breakdown. Definitely an easier track. You know, you see that on tour. There's going to be lots of birdies, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of looking at strokes gained approach. I'm looking at fairways gained because it's a shorter track, and it plays at altitude. Did you mention that? I don't remember if you mentioned it. It is. That. It's like a couple thousand feet over, you know, so it's... it's. Yeah, so I think it's even going to play shorter. You mentioned a lot of wedges. I think it's going to be a wedge competition, so I just want I just want guys in the fairway. Um, it does feel similar to me, um, to the Travelers, where we, we kind of felt like it was another kind of a short knocker wedge competition, and, and last week, in, in a sense. Um, but definitely going to play easier, I think, so lots of birdies to be had. I'm looking at Strokes gained approach, fairways gained, uh, scrambling I think is important. I did look at strokes gained putting on bent grass over the last 50 rounds. So I took a long-term look at bent grass. Everything else I tend to look maybe the last 12 rounds to find recent form. But I like for putting stats, I really like it's so hard to guess the short term and guys come in and out. I like to look at the long-term um, numbers on on putting. And so I looked at strokes game putting on bent grass. Um, I think that's going to play a factor a little more than it did last year, given these bent grass greens another year to grow in. And DraftKings scoring, I definitely think is important. So being able to being able to make the birdies. Now, unlike last week, you've got uh, 154-something uh, man field. So uh, a full-size field, actually a, a pretty large field here for the Greenbrier top 70 and ties make the cut. And it's a like I like I mentioned, it's ugly. It's real ugly. So let's talk about the top range here, Pat. Tony Finau, Phil, Bubba, Webb, Russell Henley, and defending champ Xander Shawfle all over the 10K mark. Now, 
with this week being different, I, I don't think you need to be as as risky or kind of cowboy like as we were last week with picking a lot of these scrubs down in the six K range. I'm definitely going to have um, plenty of studs and duds lineups, uh, or as I like to call it last week, duds and duds lineups because there just weren't a lot of studs. So <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of that. Uh, I am going to play a lot of a couple of guys up here in this range. But I'm really going to dial in on just a couple guys under the 7K range. Unlike last week, I was playing a lot. I'm going to dial in on just a couple under that 7K number, just a couple under that 7,500 number, and then I'm going to have most of my core built in that 7,500 to uh, to that, that mid-9 range on DraftKings. So I do think that's going to be most of my approach. Uh, and we got a couple questions about that over the week, by the way, in terms of like how many players in the core – uh, I think the rule of thumb for us is usually like 18 to 22 players if you're playing, you know, 20 lineups to maybe 40 lineups or 50 even. I think if you're playing more than that, you can get up to like 25, uh, 26, 27. But uh, I don't think you have to be down in like like 15 players if you're playing 20 lineups. If you want, you can. I don't think you have to. Um, but I definitely don't think you should be more than than that 20 to 22 number. Uh, any any thoughts on that or your strategy in terms of the top and bottom this week? Yeah, I mean, I do think that I'm I'm probably going to lean a little bit more towards studs and duds. Um, I, I think though, with so many players in that seven K range, and you know, you could actually, if you wanted to, just take a flyer and make an all GPP lineup with those those guys. You probably could, um, but that'd be obviously taking a, a huge amount of risk. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think that. Um, definitely going to go more studs and duds this week it's just and i think you really have to hit those 7k guys i mean there must be 70 players in there (laughs) maybe not there's not that many but i don't think so (laughs) but i mean there's a ton so you got to really hit those guys um and there it's interesting down there because there's a there's a lot of variation there you you get there's not a whole lot like that fit you know everything you know all the stat categories or just like course history and recent form i mean there's there's really not a lot down there so i'm going to probably rely more on stats when it comes to those 7k guys as opposed to that you know the recent form sort of course history number yeah and i think similar to last week like even though you do have a really weak field and it feels like you're overpaying for everybody you know odds are Odds are, obviously, that somebody in this 9K or above range is going to win. That's why they're priced up there. So you want to have that winner. I mean, you wanted Molinari last week. Um, so, yeah, I think exposure to these guys, to the right guys in this 9K and above range is key. So let's let's get to it. Um, let's start with Tony Finau. I, I think Tony Finau, he, first of all, he plays really well in this golf course. He's obviously a really good player. Um, he scores a ton. And I think he's a decent pick. However, I see him potentially being a chalk bomb candidate if he reaches that 20% mark or something like that come Wednesday. We'll have to check out FanshareSports.com. That's where we go to check out all of our GPP ownership projections. You should as well. It's only like 10 bucks a month. Don't believe that last knucklehead that we were talking to about the iTunes review. FanshareSports.com. We'll check out how many people are talking them up. They do all the work for you there. I just... To pay, it's kind of like last week, to pay the top dollar for that guy, I'm not, I'm not crazy about. 
I, I, although I think he could do well, I don't, I don't think Finau is going to suck. I don't think he's going to miss the cut. But I, I'll take the chance that he doesn't finish mm, top ten. Um, I, I'll just take the chance. It's golf, right? So for me, in a field like this, a weak field like this, it's still pretty much I'm, I'm on auto fade for, for the first guy, maybe even the first couple. So for me, I'm out on Finau. Um, well, what about you on Finau? I am out on Finau. Um, I, I do, I do kind of want to see where he's looking on ownership later on in the week. I mean, if you're if you're get if you can get a just super ridiculous kind of low ownership on him, you're not though. You're not. You know, you're not. How do you? Know he's that? gonna be at least nah. He's gonna be at least fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Well, still, I don't know. I just. In a in a weak field like this, I have a very hard time paying for a guy at eleven five. A guy that I'm just not yeah. that confident that's going to win. I mean, he it's not like he you know, I mean he's done great in majors and he's played fantastic this year, but he doesn't have any wins. So I mean, yeah, not this year. Not this year is what I mean. So yeah. I mean, it's just to me, it's not. I just it's not worth it to pay that much. Um. Well, and, and I mean the the restrictions that it puts on you at the bottom because of the salary cap space in that field, where again only top seventy and ties out of one hundred and fifty four are making the cut. That that really is going to hurt you when it comes to the bottom part of your lineup and getting six of six through. Yeah. So, really, the um, only guy in here that I well I, that I I feel like I'm I, I, that you could just easily plug in here and he's he, you know not a lot, but it, it could get you a top ten and and is Webb. I mean, I think Webb fits his course perfectly. He's obviously playing fantastic this year. I like the price at ten seven. Um, so he's my—he's really my favorite play here. I do think I may—I could just see me playing some Mickelson, but you know, just because I do like him on bent grass greens, I think he's comfortable on those, and and I think this is—I feel like this is a course he should play well on. I know his his kind of his results are sort of mixed here um but well to say mixed i mean he missed two cuts in 12 and 13 did get a top 20 last year but um i I do think he could be interesting as a a play this week but for me i'm kind of zeroing in on on webb simpson plus mickelson you know he has some property here and he likes falconry so yeah i was gonna get to falconry later but you brought it up Falconry of the Greenbrier. Yeah. Falconry, as as one of our Twitter followers put it. Well, we, I got to remember to tweet out the Falconry prank call video from last year. Pretty funny stuff. Do you remember what it was that the Falcons went and retrieved? Uh, baby chicks. Baby, baby, baby chick eggs. Frozen. Frozen chicks. No, frozen baby chicks. Yeah. You guys need to watch that YouTube video. Yeah, you're right on Phil in terms of um, putting well on bent grass. He checks that box. I won't have him. Uh, I agree with you on Webb. I'm in on Webb. 19th in fairways gains, 7th in DraftKings points, 13th in strokes gained around the green um, in the in the time frames I'm looking at here in this field. Uh, I like Webb. Let's check this out, though. I, I did look at my bookie early odds today, okay? And Webb was a a, a decent favorite, okay? Over Russell Henley in the tournament matchup, which you would expect him to be. Obviously, he's a, he's priced a little higher than Russell Henley, but he was a, a an okay favorite for the tournament over Henley. Not an overwhelming number. 
Um, but the defending champ, Xander Shoffley, Webb was a significant favorite. Like, I think it was 30 to 40 points over Xander Shoffley at 10-2, just $500 less on DraftKings. So Vegas seems to think that, uh, that that Webb is a pretty heavy favorite over the defending champ, Xander Shoffley. So I, I like Webb. He, like I mentioned, he's already checking those boxes for me. I think he's a lock. And I'm also going to play some Russell Henley. Um, I just, I, I'm believing in Henley's form right now. I'm believing in the confidence. I mean, listen to these numbers. In the last 12 rounds in this field, he's 10th in strokes gained approach, 8th in fairways gained, and uh, it's like middle of the pack in strokes gained around the green scrambling. In the last 50 rounds on bent grass, he's 7th in the field. And in the last 24 rounds in DraftKings points scored, he's 6th. I mean, he's he is lighting it up. If you if you put together all of those stats in the uh, in the mixed condition model over on Fantasy National, he's number one in my overall ranking. So I think for me, Webb Simpson and Russell Henley are my only two plays in the 10K and above. I'll probably be quite overweight on both of them in GPPs. So that's it for me. Oh, yeah, I'm, I can't argue with you, especially on Henley. I'm I'm okay with him there. With you on on Xander, I just I, I don't uh, I feel like this is I, I think he's just mispriced and I don't, I don't I'm not I don't like him I'm not gonna play him. Yep, agree. All right, nine K range. Hit me with the nine K range. I got I got one guy in here. I'm gonna play. Wow. So I actually have two in here that I like, and one is not is probably gonna surprise you a little bit, and I'll start with that. But I think I'm gonna fade Chucky three sticks at ninety three. Same. I just say he doesn't he hasn't played great here um and he's just he's not really checking any boxes for me at all and and so I just don't I'm just not gonna play Charles I think it's um I understand completely where the price why the price is where it is I, I really like I, I think that that's I'm okay with that price um but if you look at his last five years here he's missed three cuts never finished better than 45th which is last year um i just i can't i don't don't see it here for him um he's a guy that yes he always is sort of that just makes a cut and and so that's that should tell you something right here with him a guy that makes 70 percent of cuts on tour he's missed three here in the last five years so i don't really like that with charles howell now i will say i will go back and i'm gonna go back on the guy that we Fade well. The chalk bomb faded, and that was Jacqueline Neiman at ninety seven hundred. I do think I'm going to play him this week. I talked about in the course breakdown that you could have sort of that first time winner guy. He is checking some boxes for me. I mean, when you look at um, as far as um, drafting scoring, also birdie or better percentage. I do like some Neiman at 9,700, so I think I will play him for sure. And then another guy that I faded last week, and I think I even faded him on that Roto-Grinders Sherpa show, J.B. Holmes at 9,000. I like him. He checks the box on strokes gained off the tee, also drafting scoring, birdie or better percentage for me. Um, is uh, He's gained 25 strokes on the field uh, in this tournament. He does have great course history here had a t9 last year t22 and he hasn't finished outside the top 30 in the last four or five years here um so i do like some jb Holmes at 9000 so him and neiman right up there at the top are going to be my two guys here 
Yeah, I'm fading JB again this week. 97th in the field in strokes game, putting on bent grass. Um, not hitting a ton of fairways, gaining a lot of those strokes with distance. These fairways, though, aren't that difficult to hit. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I, I think I'll pass. Uh, we, we had the right fade last week. I'm going to keep fading JB Holmes. Um, I'm still not going to jump on Neiman at 9,700, just too inconsistent still. He is scoring a lot of DraftKings points. I like it. Uh, but just too inconsistent for me, and I'm not going to pay up for the rookie yet. Uh, but I am going to pay, and I'm going to have a lot of exposure for one guy that I have a Harmon for, and that's Brian oh, Harmon, yeah. the Harmon variety. Dude, looking again at my bookie tournament matchups, Brian Harmon is a slight favorite or you know decent favorite over Joaquin Neiman, who's priced above him, and Jimmy Walker in this event. If you look at the last 12 rounds, uh, he's 25th in the field in fairways gained. 15th in DraftKings points scored, and over the last 50 rounds, 9th in strokes game putting on bent grass. He's in fantastic recent form, gaining almost 21 strokes in the last six weeks on tour. He's won this event before, um, you know, not, not, actually, no, he hasn't won this event. Or did he win this event? Who's that? Brian Harmon. Maybe no, he did he win. Hasn't won this no, no, he hasn't won this event. Anyway, um, he, it just feels like an event he could win. He doesn't have the greatest tournament history here, which may throw some people off of him. Um, but he hasn't played it since 2014. You know, I, I just think I think this is a good spot for him, and uh, I, I love I love the uh, I love the stats on him, and I love that Vegas likes him. So that's my one guy in the night. So I mean, I'm going to be pretty disciplined up here. It's Webb, Henley, and Harmon. Those are my boys right here. Um, I'm digging in this uh, 10 and 9K range. All right, uh, I'll start the 8K range um, since you started the last couple. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back on the Ryan Moore, the Ryan Moore wagon, the, the ever unstable Ryan <laughs> Moore wagon. Talk about unstable, yeah. Oh, God. Um, but again, it just feels like a great, it's, it's like Harmon. It feels like a great spot for him. Missed the cut at the Travelers when so many people were on him. Finished high for 13th at the Memorial. That was one of the last times we saw him and saw him play well. But again, statistically, a freaking stud. Sixth in strokes gained approach. Second in fairways gained. 26th in DraftKings points. 32nd in strokes gained around the green. Doesn't putt terribly on bent grass. Eighty nine hundred, I just think, is a steal for Ryan Moore. I could see a lot of people getting on that Danny Lee wagon. He's in a little bit better form, I guess, than Ryan Moore, and he's obviously got the tremendous history here. So, give me some Ryan Moore all day long. I'll uh, I'll take him. So, I'm I'm in for Ryan Moore. Also, like Kevin Strillman, I actually ended up with a fair amount of Strillman last week. Uh, kind of a last minute ad as I was doing some doing some looking there on Wednesday night. But Strillman, first in this field in strokes gained approach, 19th in fairways gained. Short game is pretty questionable, but Tita Green, the guy's been pretty good. And if you know if he can turn that 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 putter and and some of the wedge play around, you know I, I like it. Um, I definitely like it. So I'll have a little bit of Strillman. I'm also going to have some Keegan Bradley. I'm back on Keegan. Oh, I got burned by God. Keegan. I know. I got burned by Keegan at the U.S. Open. My, my radar was on some Keegan Bradley uh, for the U.S. Open, but, yeah, and, and it hurt. But I am I'm back on Keegan. He finished 29th here last year. 85 hundy, you know, I, I kind of like it. Um, 
I'm going to give you one more, because I don't want to steal all of Ben's thunder on the chalk bomb, but one more my bookie tournament matchup deal that I thought was interesting. Jamie Lovemark, who I usually like, and I touted him last week, and goes out on Sunday and shoots an 82. An 82 on Sunday. A lot of people probably a little irritated at Mr. Lovemark. Uh, yet Vegas still has him, not just a favorite, but a pretty substantial favorite, kind of like the Webb over Xander play, has, a, has him a pretty substantial favorite over a guy who's been a lot of people's favorites here lately with good form, and that's Andrew Putnam. Now, I know Putnam's $400 less than him on DraftKings, which would imply that Lovemark's the favorite in Vegas, but He's a pretty significant favorite over an Andrew Putnam. So Vegas likes the bounce back after that brutal Sunday for Jamie Lovemark, and so do I. The last player I like here is Brian Gay. I'm going to keep riding the Brian Gay form. I mean, this guy is playing lights out right now. Brian Gay's form is just hes unreal. He's not making a lot of mistakes. He's gained 24 strokes in the last six weeks on the PGA Tour. He's fifth in fairways game. We know he's a short knocker, but at the same time, he's scoring. He's 11th in DraftKings points scored over the last 24 rounds in this field. Uh, he puts well on bent grass. He's in the top 30 in the field in putting on bent grass and strokes gained there. So I, I think I think Brian Gay, you got to keep riding the form. I, I hate paying, you know, you hate paying 8100 for him, but it's that's money I'm going to eat for a guy I feel like is likely to make the cut. So I, I like the 8K range. Those are my boys. Wow, okay. Well, if you're going to remember anything about this 8K range, at least from what I'm going to talk about, it's going to be the three L's, Lee, Lahiri, and Lovemark. That's what I'm going. So, Lee, La, Lo. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Those are going to be... Lee, La, Lo. These, is that going to be your core, a little Lee Lalo? That is going to be the core Lee Lalo core I like Danny Lee. Obviously, he's won here before. he could be end up a little bit chalky, but I like. Here's the thing: on a course like last week where he did not do well, and I did tout him last week, um, probably should have paid more attention to his driving accuracy. But he talked about where he likes to take three woods off the tee here, um, and, and these are a little bit easier fairways to hit. So I think Danny Lee can play well. You look at his last five events; he's gained 22 strokes on the field. Also checks the box in proximity. For me, from 125 to 150 yards, he is number one in that range. So when he gets that, you know, kind of wedge nine irons in, in his hand, he is very good from that from that distance, which you'll see a lot. Um, checks the box in DraftKings scoring as well, and uh, birdie or better percentage. So I like Danny Lee. Also, Anurban Lahiri. Now, here's a guy that's not going to check a lot of stats for you as far as, uh, you know, what we're looking at. But the guy's just been money lately. You look at his last four events. He was T13 at the Quicken Loans. He had a top 10 at the Travelers, which we said was a comparable course to here. Um, you know, he made the cut at Memorial in a very strong uh, field. And actually, he, he, I think he may have had a bad Sunday there and dropped down a few spots. But he could have had a, a much better finish. Um, so I think Lahiri at 8,300 is, is a great price. And Lovemark, I mean, a guy that is, you know, I talked about how you know you could have that first-time winner on this course. He's always been knocking on the door, just a fantastic player in a weaker field event, um, has been playing pretty well lately. He was T-19 at the Travelers Championship just a couple weeks ago. Um, so I do like Jamie Lovemark. 
Um, also off the tee, he's always good. Uh, birdie or better percentage. So those are the three guys. Lee, La, Low, the three L's in the 8K range for me. Lee, La, Low. I guess I am Mosterberloga. Mosterberloga. Moore, Strillman, Bradley, Lovemark, and Brian Gay. See, I made That's it me. a little more easier to... Well, yeah, but I like more guys in this field, so... Yeah. All right, uh, let's get to the 7K range. The first two guys that I like, these guys I like the most, if I'm looking at the 7,500 and above spot, these are the two guys I like the most, and, and even though I just said Vegas likes Lovemark a lot more than him, I still like Andrew Putnam. I think you got to keep riding the good form here. At 7,800, it's a good value in this weak field. Uh, you know, 27th place finish last uh, this past week at Quicken Loans. So I think Andrew Putnam, you keep riding a good form and you eat the chalk. He's probably still going to be pretty popular. I talked about him last week. I liked him. I had him in a lot of lineups. He finished second place. Ryan Armour finished second at the Quicken Loans. Armour and Putnam have both gained 24 strokes in the last six weeks on the PJ Tour. They're both pretty hot right now. So those are the two guys I like the most, and I'll play them in GPPs or cash. Uh, probably rather. Yeah, I play I play either one of them in cash. I like them both. Um, let me look at my stats on these guys. I mean, Armour, for example, he's third in strokes gained approach, fourth in fairways gained in this field. Putnam's stat line is stupid. He's 22nd in strokes gained approach, 30th in fairways gained, fourth in strokes gained around the green, 24th in DraftKings point scoring, and 16th on bent grass in the last 50 rounds. So I, I don't think you can fade Putnam, especially at that price. As, as chalky as he's going to be, I still think I still think you play him. Now, let me get to a guy who is my gut play of the week. Oh, okay, Pat? Are you going to take my guy? Let's find out. My gut play of the week, he absolutely hits zero. Well, he hits one box. Strokes gained around the green. That is it. Um, but he finally made a cut last week. He finished tied for 32nd. Ollie Schneiderjans mm. at 77 Hundy. I think that's just a little it's just a little gut play. I mean, form has been pretty rough, but he was pretty consistent last week. Rounds of 68, 68, 70, and 71. Uh, I just uh I just got a little I got a little hunch for Ollie, you know? I just got a little hunch. So it's a GPP play purely for Ollie Schneider Jans. Um so I like him. And then another GPP hunch a guy that's also been a little inconsistent. We last saw him at the U.S. Open fading on the weekend, and that's Scott Piercy. I like a little, uh, I like a little Piercy as well. I just got a, I got a hunch on those two guys. So wow, th- so you, I, you didn't th- get my guy. I didn't get I'm him. Shocked. All right, who's your guys? Tell me your seventy-five hundred and above. All right, so above seventy-five hundred, I, I'm still. I like some Ryan Blom at seventy-nine hundred. Um, you look at his recent form: twenty-third, twelfth, and eighteenth in his last three events. So I, 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 I do like that. I think he could uh, certainly play well on a course like this. I mean, you look at the, the stat categories. He checks the box in DraftKings scoring and birdie or better percentage. So I do like him. Um, also, Patrick Rogers. 7,800, checks the box and, and scoring. Beer, beer. You don't like him? No. Strokes gained off the tee, birdie or better percentage. All right, all right. I, I, said, I said I wouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. There's a player. What's Patrick Rogers' price? Where's he at? 7, He's uh, 7,800. There's a player priced above him that has, let's see. 
that has not had a decent finish since April that Vegas likes him to beat Patrick Rogers by a lot. Not just a little bit, but by a lot. Do you know who it is? Uh, Kiz? Yep. Vegas likes Kevin Kisner quite heavily over Patrick Rogers. See, that kind of surprises me a little bit. It did me too. It did me too. Well, anyway, makes you, makes makes you think, Pat. Makes you no, think. No, I mean you're you're making me think, but I still. I feel like you do this with Patrick Rogers all the time, and then like you're you're going to be talking to me on Friday, and you're going to be like effing Patrick Rogers. No, you you could be right, but <laughs> you do this all the time me, with him. Let me get to the guy that I thought you beat. You were all around him, but you didn't say anything about it. And that's Kevin Chaplett, seventy seven hundred. Um, and here's the thing. Nope. I, I I think it's you're going to go strictly off of his recent results, which are not very good at all. Um, They're awful. He's missed two cuts out of his last three events, and even the cut he made, which was the U.S. Open of all things, he was sixty fifth. Um, but I like him. I, I mean, I think if if you look at his stats this week, he is in the top 10 across the board in strokes gained off the tee, drafting, scoring, birdie or better percentage, and proximity from 125 to 150 yards out. Um, here's the thing. He's, he's obviously making some bonehead plays. He's not putting that great. Um, but I think he could be sort of a sneaky kind of gut GPP play for me. So I do like some Kevin Chapel at 7,700. And that's about it for me from that over 7,500 range. Wes Bryan could be interesting. He's coming off a week off. Um, by the way, Chapel's coming off two weeks off. I think it's good for him, especially for his putting. I think he maybe was able to work out some things there. So we'll see. Um, but Wesley Bryan's made four straight cuts. Uh, I, we always talk about his, um, his driving, and he's been a little bit wayward this year. Um, but we got a little bit easier fairways this week, so I do think that and he can he can club, club down some and checks the box on birdie or better percentage for me also. So I do like some Wes Bryan as, as uh, maybe a GPP play this week. All right, why don't you, um, why don't you start down below? So 70, 74 down to 7. 74 down and below. Um, at 74, I like Brandon Hagee. Um, First tournament back in a while. Back in a while, but he, he checks the box and birdie a better percentage. He is uh, he was top twenty here last year. Also, strokes gained off the tee, so I like him at seventy four hundred. See, bet- I, I I think that's a fade. I mean, it's a wrist injury. I mean, I know he's taking some time off, but I'm okay with that though. This isn't even a course for him. He's a bomber. He's a total bomber. I don't I don't know. Well, he did I think, well I think last I, year when he was healthy. Top twenty did. Yeah, not bad. Okay. Um, I think Nick Watney's he's been a guy that I've just been on lately, but I, I do like him here. Checks box and strokes gain off the tee. Seventy three hundred, I think, is a very good price for him. Um, he's lost seventeen strokes in his last six rounds on tour. I'm okay. I still like Nick Watney. David Lingmurth was somebody that a lot of people were on last week. I'm a little bit more on him this week than I was. I didn't mention him last week, but I do like him this week. Um, at seventy two hundred, I think he is a good play as well you know this is a weird range for me um this under 7500 these these guys under here i mean um but i do think lingmurth when you look at it i mean he he's a guy that's you know he's got he's got pretty good course history here um he's finished uh let's see he's had made four straight cuts in those four years he's had um two top tens 
a T16, and then he was 64th last year, but he's gained 20, 20 strokes on the field. So, hey, that's not bad at all. Um, then another guy, James Hahn at 7,100. He's, a, you know, another guy's got good course history here. Top 20 last year. Um, you know, has been o- okay, I guess, recently. So I do like some some James Hahn. Uh, he's made his last three cuts, so it's 7,100. I think that's pretty good. So there you go. Who do you like? Ugh, I literally hate everyone you just said. Well, here's what I we, think you're going to do. You're going to bring up all the guys who played well last week, so we're going to get some CT Pan from you, we're going to get some answer from you, and we're going to get some um, Ben Crane. That's that's the three <laughs> that I'm going to say that you're about to mention. And maybe Harkins. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Um... I will do CT Pan. Uh, I, I, I like a lot of CT Pan. I mean, I don't know what's not to like about three top twenties in the last four events. Uh, here, let me read you this stat profile: thirty third in strokes gained approach, thirteenth in DraftKings points, middle of the field in scrambling, middle of the field in fairways gained, top third of the field in strokes gained putting on bent grass. I mean, I like CT Pan. He he. I mean, I think it's a good play. I'm not on answer. I kind of think the answer thing over the weekend was was somewhat fraudulent. I'm not buying into the answer hype right now. Um, I'll give you I'll give you one you didn't mention that I have circled. That's kind of a gut play. GPP. Uh, here's a guy who uh, has had some decent finishes as well. Um, three, I guess you could say, three top 27s in his last four events. Also been on the podcast before. Well, JT Poston finished tied for 27th at the Quicken Loans. Uh, missed the cut at the Travelers. 18th at the St. Jude, which was also a birdie fest. 20th at Fort Worth. Uh, I kind of think uh, old JT, he's got a good short game. He's, we, we know that. Good short game. I think he's a decent play. So you didn't see that coming. So kiss that. Um <laughs> And then, other than that, yeah, I think I'll uh, I'll have a little bit, not a lot, very little of Ben Crane, just a little bit. I mean, he's in good form. He is in good form. No, he sucks I, here. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I read he sucks you. here, but at 7100, the the Ben Crane thing, I think, is decent. I think that's I think that's decent. Um, other than that, in the sevens, I'm not crazy. <sighs> I, I mean, if if I I, I might. I might get a little bit. Where is he? Uh, yeah, I might get a little bit of Harold Varner at seven. I have him. I, 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 he's interesting to me too. You know who else is right down there too? Is Chaka. And I know you you hate when yeah. I call him, but look look at his look where he's <laughs> what he's done. He was thirty second in the Quicken Loans, thirty third at the Travelers. Another course we we. Mentioned it several times today that it's a very similar course as far as just sight lines and things like that. T40 at Memorial. T66 at Fort Worth. I mean, the guys... Oh, a T66 at Fort Worth? Did you see hear what I said before that? We're talking about a guy yeah. at 7,100 and in yeah. amongst a bunch of guys who have zero consistency even like that. He's also always a threat to withdraw. Always, I will never. Alex Shaker would have to play ten events in a row without withdrawing for me to play him. I will never play him. The guy has more withdrawals on the PJ Tour than freaking Dustin Johnson did after he had his cocaine. Well, thing. I still think when you're in this this range that you can 
if you're if you're going with if you need a guy in the 7100 range for one we're talking about a gpp i'm not talking about cash or anything like that then he's a guy that could you know could be right there help you fill your lineup out uh, if you had him in your lineup and you had the right players last week and he had the T32, pretty good for you. So, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be selective here. I, I like Varner. He finished 29th here last year. He's top 40 in the field, which for the guy who's like the 65th price guy on DraftKings, he's finished top 40 in strokes gain approach, fairways gain, DraftKings points, and strokes gain around the green over the last 12 rounds. You know, 29th year last year. I, I want guys who are going to score. Like, I, I looked at a minute for Jim, at Jim Furyk just for a second, but Furyk's not going to score. He's not going to make He's not gonna make the birdies that he needs to make. So that's one reason why I really like Varner. Um, all right, 6K range. Let's round it out. Um, I'm going to give you a guy that I bet you, you would never guess I would take. In, in GPPs, I'm going to get a little crazy, just a little bit crazy. I'm not going to have a ton of him, so this isn't a, a, a ringing endorsement. But like Harold Varner, also finished 29th here last year. He's at 6900 bucks, and he missed his cut at the Quicken Loans, but before that he had a top 26 and a T30. And he is known as a short game wizard, Peter Malnati at sixty nine hundred bucks. I feel like this is a Peter Malnati week. So if you just if, you, if you're going to play in a big old GPP tournament, you want a guy who's like one percent owned. I think Malnati has potential. Probably top fifteen upside, top twenty upside, maybe. So, um, I'm going to go with Sam Ryder. I haven't really uh, been on that train I knew a whole lot. You were going to take that. Taken from I, why? I mean, I've literally not taken the guy all year. I know, but he's one I like, and I just had a feeling you were just gonna. You were gonna uh, you like him. him too? I just said that. What did I just okay, say? I was just, did I just, I just say verifying. I liked him too? Yeah, I was just verifying. I said, "Oh, you liked him too?" Yeah. Well, you kind of said that like a smartass. <laughs> all right, who do you like here? John Peterson? <laughs> no. I mean, as much as I want to pull for the guy, I, I just... All right, I got to tell you a text I had with John Peterson today. Uh, as we all know, John Peterson is on the verge of potentially losing his card, and he said if he does, he would retire and go into commercial real estate and never play professional golf again. Um, but he has... I think he's got to get like 60000 for a, a partial exemption and like, what is it, like 200 or something for full. a full? Yeah. Um, so this is his last tournament to do so. And so I said, he's also famous for the only PJ tour professional in competition to do a happy Gilmore swing. Um, he did it on the first tee. I believe it was that tournament in Malaysia a couple it years was, ago it was Malaysia. in the fall. Yeah. yeah. And so I said, Hey man, at some point you got to get in one last happy Gilmore. And he said, ha ha. If I have a five-shot lead on Sunday, I'll do it on 18. Is that a deal? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yes, but you also have to do it if you're about to trunk slam on Friday. Parentheses, which obviously we all pray doesn't happen. (laughs) And he said, I make all the cuts. And then he sent me a middle finger emoji. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I will pray for the happy Gilmore shot. 
Either way, that's what I'm. That's what I'm praying for. He at does, some point, he is really good at making cuts. He is good at making cuts. Although he has never made a cut here, but he is good at making cuts. What do you? Um, mean? Oh yeah, you're right. He hasn't made a cut here. But yeah. Um, uh, where are we here? Our boy Scott Stallings just let me down last oh. week. 6,900, though, it's just hard to... I mean, he's won here before. So... Yeah, yeah, he likes the Greenbrier a I lot. Mean, he likes he told us that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like that's that's worth playing for sure. How about Chad Campbell, another guy at 6,900? Uh, nah. I think he could be interesting. I'm surprised you don't have a little bit of a case of the Garagas this week. Hey, I called it again last week, though. Called it again last week. Top 27 for Garagas. Yeah. Cheap. Coming off a missed cut. I had him. Uh, he's popping a little bit. I don't think I'm going to have I'm going to get pretty disciplined here. I got one guy in the 60, in the in, below. I mean, I, I might end up with, I'm going to have some Sam Ryder. I might end up with a little John Peterson just so I can pull yeah, for I that. I like Sam Ryder, and I, I do think there's just a little bit work with what, what everything has is on the line for John Peterson. Why not just put a little, yeah. little a few shares on him there? Um, the the one guy for me is Von Taylor. I'm gonna have a, a pretty. I mean, I'm gonna have a pretty hefty amount for Von Taylor. Listen to this. 20th in strokes gained approach, 14th in fairways gained, 42nd in DraftKings point score, 26th in strokes gained around the green for Von Taylor. He is 7th in the overall mixed condition model that I created on Fantasy National out of this entire field at 6700 bucks. I think he's a cut maker. You know, you put him with Webb Simpson, Russell Henley up at the top if you want to spend up on those guys. I think he's going to make the cut here in a weak field. Um, he's he's in great form, too. I mean, he's he's gained, I think, 12 strokes in the last six weeks on tour. I, I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm going to have a lot of Von Taylor. I don't think there's any point in really pivoting to other guys in here. He's not going to be too high. He's not going to be chalk. So that, that's that's my last pick of the night for, for this. No, I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, Von Taylor's a guy that he's going to play courses like this, these, these par 70s, the courses where – they're not terribly long. I mean, I've I've grown up watching him play. This is this is the perfect kind of course for him. So I, I'm I'm totally with you there. And I think that's all I got. I mean, I don't know. Hudson Swafford could be interesting. Duh. I'm sure you were gonna poo-poo that, but it's 6,700. Um, he's made three straight cuts here. Um, so I do think that could be an interesting play. But yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. We're down in the 6K range. We want to throw up on almost every single player we're mentioning here. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, All right, man. It's a big part of the night. You know, it's usually a very flippant part of the night where it doesn't matter because we both suck. But now we're on a little bit of a run. So it is one and done time. Hmm. I'm really, I can't even freaking keep up, and I should have checked this. I can't keep up with who I've used and who I haven't used at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. Um, do you know who you're going to go with? Yeah, I do. I'm going to take some risks this week. I feel like I should. I feel like it's the week to do that. And I like this guy, and you don't. So I think this is going to be a, a differentiator for me and you, and I'm going to go with Neiman at, uh, as my mm. one and done. Hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I haven't taken this guy, and I'm not going to play him in DFS. 
Um, but I do think he has a good week this week, and it could it could. It's part of that hedge life. If I'm not going to play him in DFS, I'm going to roll with him in uh, in one and done. You're going to go now, aren't you? I'm going to go now. Yeah, I've caught golf You've balls got off to have of taken his him club. Before. Have you not taken him yet? I'm trying to pull it up and I can't see it, but I'm pretty sure I haven't. I don't know when I don't know when I would have taken Fino. Okay. Well, who's going to be your if backup I, if you? Because I know I haven't taken Neiman. Uh, um, have I taken Bubba? No, I don't want Bubba. I don't want Bubba. Um, I know I've taken Henley. I know I've taken Webb. I don't want Phil. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll tweet it out. Okay. I don't, I don't want to get. I don't want to get pinned into a corner here. You're pressuring me. <laughs> I'll tweet it out if I haven't taken Fino. All right. Um. Hey, if you stuck around this long, guess what? We have visors coming in the shop. Many of you have asked for them. We've got them. They are on the way to you, Pat. So you can ship them out. I'll get them up on the website asap. We got white ones. We got green ones. Golby all over them. They're freaking awesome they're like the red the vintage style high brim whatever visors you, you wore one on the, a little uh an instagram I but I, I you said you weren't a visor guy david i gotta give you credit i think you're a visor guy I, i'm not a visor guy and i brought it i brought it home and i looked at i looked at chris and i was like babe i've, I've never worn visors I, i've just every time i put them on i think i look stupid in them and i was like give me your honest opinion on this she's like i like it and I was like, you do? Like, it doesn't look kind of goofy and, like, big on my head. And she's like, no, I, I, I like it. I think it looks good. And I was like, okay. So I've been I don't think she was I've been lying. trying to rock it. I don't you know? think she was lying to you. I, I have to say um, I'm comfortable in my manhood and everything, but you, you, yeah. you look good in the visor. Well, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try rocking it. I'm gonna try. I'm sure that four lord, four lord four probably thinks I look like a tool in it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing it. Uh, but late, we don't have many of those. We we didn't order many of them, and I've already I've already sold a few of them here in Augusta. So um, we don't have many. If you want the white one or the green ones, you need to get on it. We might reorder them, but we might not. Just depends. So there you go. Uh, all right, Pat. That was a long show for the Greenbrier, but it is what it is. Be sure and expected. Yeah. Um, be sure and watch the Falconry video. Okay, so you can be prepared. That's your homework before lineup lock on Thursday. Because when lineup lock's Thursday and you see all the Falconry commercials, you're going to be stumped. But you can you can impress your friends by watching the YouTube video that we'll put up on Twitter. That so and giving us some boom um, t- uh, tweets and you know, yes, and, for your Independence Day, yeah, for Independence Day and, and and toast and whatever else, and leaving us a very nice iTunes review to counteract the douche lord. <laughs> You've been harping on that all night. Yes. <laughs> All right, there it is, Tour Junkies Podcast. Thank you, guys. May your screens be green. See ya! Oh! It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Point out the colors of you. I see them too. And boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We way too fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay.
With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.